0: we're
1: live hello Uh, welcome to the sarah and george Choi property podcast the show that helps you to become financially free so you can spend more time with your family traveling and pursuing your passion and we are totally live
0: Again, on yeah, we're we getting into this now. <laughs> exactly. So we've invited some people, and yeah. the idea is to ask us questions. Yeah,
1: so you can ask about property investing, financial freedom, ask us about our, ourselves what, personally, or see it? Anything, anything you like. Um, oh, yes, let's, 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 let's see if Let's put see the some comments, comments, actually, on <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, have, we have received a couple of questions, so we'd, we thought we'd answer those. With we start with that. start with that while we While
0: everyone's being shy.
1: Um, so Mike was wondering about getting mortgages versus... Uh, it's getting remortgages versus second mortgages on his properties
0: yeah we had a chat because he's got some like us he's got some properties he's bought a long time ago on really old rates mm-hmm. which at the time they, they were kind of okay rates but now they're kind of silly rates aren't they and he's got some properties is there with quite a lot of equity in but um he's talking about remortgaging because he wants to take some money out to do a bit more investing so hooray mm-hmm. which is good good yeah
2: um,
0: so we had a conversation about was that a good idea or was mm-hmm. it a better idea to get uh, a second charge which is basically a further loan on your mortgage um and the, the second, ar-
2: mortgage. Yeah,
0: second mortgage so basically mm-hmm. so you keep your, your current mortgage with its first charge on your house mm-hmm. and then you get an additional loan generally from a different lender uh that sits behind your false your first mortgage so that's called a second charge or a second mortgage um mm-hmm. it depends is the answer as as a lot of these uh, mm-hmm. these questions are um it depends on whether or not he can pull more money out um, if you remortgages completely. Obviously, you're going to have some fees, but you're going to have some fees for the second charge mm-hmm. mortgage anyway. Generally, you're going to be paying a higher percentage rate on your second charge because if everything goes pear shaped, the, the first charge, the first lender will get their money out first, so it's mm-hmm. slightly riskier for the yeah. second charge loan. So generally, they're going to charge you more. The fees are probably going to be higher. Um, but basically, the answer is always going to be talk to a broker who knows what he's talking about and then he can run the numbers or she can run the numbers with you um, and look at the, the two scenarios of remortgaging completely or adding a second charge. And say so, it can go either way, can't it really, mm-hmm. depending on what your rate is and what the fees are and how much you want to pull out. Another alternative is refinancing them all onto one big mortgage yep. as well, which is um, can be a good idea but again generally the rates on that are going to be slightly higher but the administration charges are going to be less because they only have one product rather than lots of different little products but talk to your broker oh here we go um and uh they will let you know what's the most sensible thing to do and you can make an informed decision
1: exactly Uh, i'll take this question is releasing equity better than remortgaging what's the difference Mm. um now there 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 is a bit of um confusion in the terminology on this and people often say equity release and do they just mean getting at your equity or do they mean an equity release product yeah um quite often they do mean equity release now um for us we would never ever do an equity release ever can you explain um, what it is so basically it's kind of i mean there are different types so again generally speak to it's, your old, broker, it's
0: older people um,
1: it's generally aimed at people that have got like no income mm-hmm. at all they've you know they're elderly they've got all this equity in the house they're any money And basically someone will come in and take part, you know, take ownership basically of their house. Yeah. And then pay them off and they can live into there until they die. Now, there are obviously different variations and so on. So I'm just I'm just giving a very broad. I mean, it can.
0: I wouldn't say never do it.
1: Yeah, for us, never.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We we wouldn't do because we wouldn't want to give away our house. No way. That's what you're doing. Yeah. But for some people, it can really work. Particularly if you haven't got any descendants or anything, it could work really well. But again, talk to your broker. They can talk to you about yeah. that kind of thing.
1: But I mean, thing is, you, you're missing out on how much because you know you've got to remember the house prices will double on average every seven to nine years. If you've they? got no
0: one to leave it to, um, you're dead. What do you care? Yeah,
1: but <laughs> 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 so you're giving away, you know. You're giving away all that money. Um, so for us, as a personal, as a couple, we mm. would that would be the last thing we'd ever do. It's better, yeah. for us, it's much better to remortgage, mm. keep hold of that property, own that property, and, yeah. and have that money for ourselves and uh, for our children. So mm. that's what we would do. Um, so, but yeah, releasing equity via
2: remortgaging
0: yes, is that's something different. that's definitely something that yes. we would recommend. I mean, don't I wouldn't ever recommend pushing it to the max. Mm. I mean, it depends on your situation, your risk profile, and, and how far you. Because if you're earlier on in your journey, you need to kind of refinance all your money out to kind mm. of really get going. With property yeah, that yeah. can be a sensible plan, but if you're older and you're paying your debts down refinancing every single penny out of your property can be obviously a riskier thing but um. yeah
1: you have to just judge judge it depending on your risk risk tolerance mm-hmm. um i mean yeah post post your questions we're gonna answer any questions that you've got so do, do got put them in the chat box we've got some others that we have um, that we've got as well um well one was um ho- hotel rooms should I, i've seen sort of hotel rooms that you can buy with guaranteed returns mm-hmm. um now for us we wouldn't we we would never buy something that you can't sell. Easily. Easily. yeah. So the, the, the really easy one, the, the really easy answer is, can you get a mortgage on it easily? Mm-hmm. If you can't easily get a mortgage on it, then we don't buy it. Yeah. So these hotel rooms, um, lodges in parks, caravan sites, um, timeshares, all of these things, you can't get a mortgage Student on them. Student pods. Student pods. You can't get a mortgage, so you can't sell them. So what happens is you, you buy them, you think you've got a good deal, and after a while, you realize that, that service charges are quite high and you're not making as much money as you thought, as you were kind of promised in the well, beginning. Or you're
0: out of your guaranteed. Because well, sometimes yes. they offer like a guaranteed, guaranteed. period. Yes. So you go for two years, you'll make 7% a year. And you think, oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah.
2: But what happens after the two years? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and then, of course, then, you, then you're like, okay, this isn't working well. I need to sell this thing because I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not making any money out of it. And then you can't sell it. Yeah. And even if you try and give it back to them, they're, they're like, they don't want it. It's like a hot potato. Yeah. They're like, no, just keep paying the service fees. Well, we
0: tell them the story. I mean, a long time ago when we were like 19, oh, 20, well, naive, I was 19, no very twin. young and naive, before we knew anything about property at all, um, we bought a timeshare. Uh, we were on mm. holiday and blah, blah, blah. Stake. As you do, big mistake, you know, you learn from these things. And I can't remember, it was like three or four thousand pounds, which for us at the time was a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Um, And we didn't actually even want to go to the timeshare there but we we used it for a few years and we kind of traded it for other places in different countries and it it was quite good fun but when we the the fees were quite high annually because you know you have to pay to maintain the building whilst Mm. you're there so it's a service charge and after a while we decided that we didn't want it anymore and can you sell those things i mean not easily, you right. know. That we, we had a go, but yeah. basically nobody really wants to buy them. um That we could see anyway. There's websites trying to be, people trying to sell their time shares. And and sell in, yeah, and in the end, we were like, "Well, you know, I don't want to keep paying these fees. We're not really using it anymore. So, can we? We'll just give it back." And it, they were really reluctant, weren't they? Yeah, they didn't even want us they to. They didn't give even it want us to give it back. And in yeah. the end, we just gave it back, and they never came back to us. So. Yeah, anything like that. And again, we know somebody with a caravan, they want to get rid of it on a site, but they just can't because it's too old. Nobody will buy it. And it's like, oh. if you can't sell it. racking up fees. Yeah, things. racking up fees. You can't get rid of the damn thing. Yeah. So if you can't sell it easily on the on the open market.
1: with a, And with a mortgage.
0: Yeah. If, uh, you know, it's That's the same cool, kind of thing. If, if you can get a mortgage on it, generally it's more simple. Yeah. But if you can't sell it easily without huge fees
1: to do it, we'd recommend not buying it. Yeah. So the best things are just your bog standard. Mm. Like nice, you know, family home or, yeah. or a flat, if you want little a terrace little Can't terrace house. Can't go wrong with one of those. Yeah, yeah. There's um, <laughs> a pension question. I'll take that one then. Okay. If owning a SAS pension, do you think it's tax efficient enough comparing with an offshore account? Okay. So I know nothing about offshore accounts. So no, nope. speak to your independent financial advisor on that one. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you about SASs. So uh, you know, a SAS is um, you know, a SAS is a pension, mm-hmm. and you know, you can you can take. Um, if it's eligible you can take your occupational pension so with your current employer and transfer it into a SAS. now you can't do it on every pension mm-hmm. but let's say if you can um now is a, it's a it's a great wealth tool in that you can have up to 11 people in this SAS. and each of them can have up to one it's just over a million pounds each so you can have yeah. over over 11 million pounds in there so you could have you know your husband your wife your kids your grandkids whatever mm-hmm. you could just keep on going yeah. um and basically, um, you know, you can, tra- you can transfer money in tax free. So mm-hmm. there's a 40,000 pound allowance that you could put in every year. Mm-hmm. So you can use this to you know, really bring down, if you're a higher rate taxpayer, you can use it to bring, bring down, um, bring down your tax band. Um, and um, the other thing is, if you you know if you own um, you know you own a company, which you which you have to have a company in order to get a SaaS. To so be aware of that, you need a limited company. Um, and it must be a real limited company that's actually <laughs> making something. business. You can't just make up a company and have nothing in there. Um, then you can. The one thing people don't really realise is you can transfer five hundred thousand pounds into your SaaS. Yeah. So that's quite a big amount of money. and Most people don't know you can do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so. Uh,
0: whole commercial buildings
1: well, yeah you can. so yeah. yeah in terms of the use once once the money's in there People don't really, you know, because if you have a normal pension, you don't get a lot of choice, do you, through your employer. It's just mm-hmm. in some fund and you you get whatever you get. Yeah. And you hope with, a, you know, winging a prayer, that by the time you get to 65, it's there's enough. actually any money in there. Yeah. Um, but with a SAS, you directly control it. You decide what are you going to invest in. Are you going to put it in stocks and shares in your SAS, which you can choose to do? Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to um, use it to buy commercial buildings? You can buy commercial property um, and hold it in your SAS um, and you can do that all yeah. the time it's in there everything's tax-free all the money yeah. in there, the money, um,
0: in there the money stays in there
1: the money stays in there so be aware of that If you buy a commercial property you put it in there the money stays in there there are other things things you can do we won't talk about it on this, this yeah uh, this, this call um and, and the other thing you can do is loan money back to your company mm-hmm. so you know you can loan half of the money back to your company and then use it to do something that's not commercial mm-hmm. like you could do you could buy residential property and do it up and yeah. it, and so on and then pay pay the SAS back so there's so many much flexibility so many do. creative wonderful things but you we can do we cover it
0: in our book don't we uh
1: yeah it's a bit in book, loads in our course there's a whole yeah. there's a whole lot of SAS modules taught by a SAS expert um mm. in our um um passive property masterclass so that that's really good cool. what is your opin- opinion of cryptocurrencies good one can i can i take that one?
0: Oh, go on then
1: <laughs> now there is no doubt that yeah there's no <laughs> doubt that something at some point is going to happen with these these currencies you know um however you know they are so so volatile really volatile and for us that's too high risk yeah um so we don't deal with that and you know when we when we wrote the book um you know stealth stealth millionaire ooh, that way stealth millionaire and we interviewed you know a number of number of millionaires and definitely reducing risk was one of the things that they all did mm-hmm. none of them did day trading gambling bought lottery tickets or anything like that because and they it saw is it is kind as, of a lottery ticket
0: isn't it crypto? yeah
1: so you know they they all wanted things where they could get a definite return they knew exactly what they were going to get it was predictable um so you know none of them did that so for us we we we'll just watch from the sidelines but it's too high risk for us to to mm-hmm. even think about doing
0: yeah but obviously it's up to you you, can do yeah.
1: what you like so <laughs> slow slow and dependable wealth That's, yeah i like something
0: well. that i can Touch like a house. Yeah, I know it's there. It's not going anywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> touch
2: you. <laughs> Whereas,
0: that, it's just it's got it's a concept, isn't it? Cryptocurrencies, yeah. isn't yeah. it? It's, it's an imaginary thing. Yeah. um Which I'm sure maybe some people do very well, but we're not in that game no. to be honest. No. Yeah. Okay. We've got one uh, more. From
1: oh yes, yeah, so another question. Here. So please, go. yeah, post post a question. We'll answer all your questions. um So, question for you then.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I love my job. Okay. Do I need to quit my job in order to build my portfolio? So that's
2: from Liam.
0: Yeah. Um, No, is the answer. Um, Hooray that you love your job. A lot of people don't love their job. Um, As I say, Liam, he's quite young and he's only, you know, he's probably in the first 10 years years of his career. And quite often the first, you know, 10 years, even if it's corporate, can be quite fun, can't they? Until you kind of get into the dirge of it. Um, So no, the answer is you can certainly build a a possible, passive property portfolio <laughs> alongside a career.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um if you're working very long hours, you will have to outsource more of the work, but that's fine. That's what we ask people to do anyway. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes sense. Um obviously onboarding a property takes some time and you yeah. will have to do a bit of visiting and supervising builders and whatever depends on what you're doing. Um, but that can be done either at weekends or remotely on sort of FaceTime or Zoom and various things. I mean we've done a lot of stuff with kind of people over FaceTime and on Zoom, um, if, if things are remote and far away, um, it's certainly a lot easier, quicker and cheaper. And it's it's becoming a lot more normal at the moment as well. I mean, mm. we would never recommend buying a property without seeing it. Yes, Definitely visit it, make sure it's real, make sure that, you know, ideally you're meeting the builder there or you're obviously you're viewing it with the estate agent or whatever at mm. the beginning to make sure it exists, you're not buying some fictitious property.
1: Yeah, don't trust a saucer either. So, whilst mm. you can use a saucer and there are good sources and there are bad sources. At the end of the day, it's buyer beware. that if you buy a property through a sourcer, you have to go and see it. You have Mm -hmm. to do all the numbers. You have to do all the due diligence and checking before you actually go and pay for it. But
0: that can be done alongside a full-time job quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. So, And if you love your job, keep it because obviously it's great having a source of income that you can use to shovel into property Mm. and to prove income for mortgages as well can be great. So ideally, you want to be building up your passive um, cash flow prior to quitting if you're, you're in that position because it's, so, it's so much easier to get it going to a point where you're okay, you're kind of financially independent before you quit your job because, as I say, mortgages are easier. And you you're not kind of going from I've got a salary to naught P are you yeah. then? Because
1: you've got no salary whatsoever if you just quit your job and you've got no yeah. income.
0: I mean, you know, you can live off you can live off mortgage. savings, but it's obviously not an ideal situation to be in. in an mm-hmm. ideal world you would be working whilst you're building stuff up, or one of you will be working if you're in a partnership. You know, yeah. if you've got a couple, one of you's working, the other one's doing the property, that, that can work too, can't Definitely. it? But um yeah. So, hooray, you love your job. Great.
1: Uh, so, a question for you, Sarah. When Ooh. buying land through a company, can you get a mortgage or do you need to buy it right?
0: Um, I guess it depends what type of land it is, really. If it's just a field, you might be able to mortgage it. Mm. I don't know. If it's, if it's something that's got planning... I imagine you would probably be able to get yeah. finance I mean, on it. There's
1: always kind of bridge, bridging finance where you can you can mm. pretty much get finance on almost anything. Almost anything,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, it, in an ideal world, you'd buy it with cash Yeah. and then um, finance the build if you're buying to build. Mm.
1: Um, but, but, but remember that you never get 100% finance. No. You always have to put down some money. Mm-hmm. And generally, if you're using more kind of like bridging type terms, um, then you're normally putting down 40%. But yeah. speak to your mortgage broker, um, you know, explain your circumstances, the project that you want to buy, mm-hmm. um, and they can advise you on, you know, what what lenders are available out there that are willing to take that risk and and enable you to buy that property. And it will change from month to month what mm-hmm. rate you'll pay, what, which lenders are in the market, which lenders are not in the market.
0: Yeah. So, as I say, with a piece of land, it really depends on what its use class is yeah. as to whether or not you'll be able to get finance on it. Because if you're buying a bit of forest, I don't imagine you'll be able to get finance on that because it's, I don't know, I've never tried. Wind maybe, maybe you can maybe you <laughs> can like get a by that. I'd like a forest yeah well, no, we'd like a house with a forest to, yes Yeah, right, yeah, a rather than just a forest, forest on its own it's yeah, a bit yeah, trickier yeah. I've like
1: would to walk down the end of my garden into my forest yeah awesome. <laughs> or we're working on that <laughs> send so. the children down there for the day <laughs> 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 don't come back into dinner <laughs>
0: yeah it's all fenced in they can't get to go too far wrong <laughs> can
1: they <laughs> that's it, that's it. Uh, Yeah. Have yeah if you've got any questions Um, just post them post them in the chat yeah Um.
2: so
0: what kind of land are you looking to buy yeah. That, and the person on the crypto company said you'll we'll follow your advice. Yeah, as I say, so, some people have probably made quite a lot of money in crypto, but it's not something we're going into.
1: And it just swings around too much, mm. doesn't it? You know, you can get like 2,000% swing in one day. Yeah, one I mean, day. gold,
0: I think, safer if you're doing that kind of thing. But even that's been up and down a yeah. the place, is not it? Yeah. So, I mean, we know some people have got some money in gold. Yeah. And I I'd, I'd, of the two, we'd prefer gold to, um, yeah, to crypto. Because at least it's a thing, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah. you've got it. Yeah. Um, Definitely. under the bed or whatever it we don't have any gold under our bed by yeah, the way no, gold.
1: no <laughs> gold all gone it's all in the property
0: well you have to have a safe um, or you, you can store it like somewhere else can't you they'll they'll store it for you but, yeah that's so. true you
1: can pay to store it but then how do you get to your gold <laughs>
0: that's true that's true if, if you need an emergency oh here you go
1: uh, do you think you should always be looking to grow your portfolio or at some stage would you choose to stop ooh that's
0: an interesting um, one
1: why don't you handle um, your parents okay talk about
2: your parents
0: yeah well I mean it comes down to it's, – it's individual, isn't it? It comes down to your strategy and your age quite often. I mean, my, my parents are property investors as well. Um, they actually started around the same time as us. They bought one mm. the same year, didn't they? Yeah. In fact, they bought the one we were going to buy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a whole different story. Damn! Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they started quite a long time ago. And because my dad is 71 now, oh. isn't he, and my mum's my kind of in her mid-60s, um, they own their own house. And they've got three other properties, and that's that's fine. They they don't want to go any further than that because they're, they're all kind of in the southeast. So they're all relatively expensive. They've got sort of mid sized mortgages. I think they're kind of fifty percent leverage. Not not hugely highly leveraged and um but
1: their overall portfolio their overall is, portfolio is, is very low
0: because yeah. they, they don't have a mortgage on the house so mm. they're low geared mm. and for them that suits them completely the cash flow is high they've got mortgage sorry they've got pension money coming in as well mm-hmm. um so for them they've got more money coming into their bank than they know what to do with frankly so yeah they don't want to go out and buy so anymore spending it yeah they're spending <laughs> it now they've got a sports car <laughs> uh, so yes there comes a point where you stop if you're younger and if you're your passive income is not where you want it to be mm. then yeah scale
1: yeah so yeah if I so I think that's that's, that's mm. a really good example so when you're at, at the end and you feel like oh, I can't be bothered to do any more of this and yeah I'm just I'm just going to spend all the money then you then you can stop if yeah. that's what you want to do unless was- you're a deal chaser and you love it then yeah then some you people love that, you, that you kind of deal it. thing I know I know yeah. quite a few people that are deal chasers and uh, I, I just can't imagine them able to get into the, no. the stopping point if you're right at the beginning of the journey you want to like you might want to go nuts and just keep scaling and scaling and scaling mm-hmm. until it's the point where you're financially free and yeah. you think now i have the freedom and the security to do whatever i want whenever i want and i can live the life that i want
0: yeah and um, if you want to obviously keep scaling to get to kind of more of a financial abundance type figure yeah, then you can yeah
1: um or you or you can take your time so mm. once you come once you get to financial freedom you can take a breather and then just slowly and relaxingly cruise your way, coast your way up to abundance. Yeah. Um, so you can have that choice. We're kind of coasting now, aren't
0: we? We are. We're, we're doing <laughs> yeah. things that interest us and trying yeah. to build this business instead. But we're yeah. still doing some property investing. We're just not as full on as we used to be. Yeah. Because, you know, you only want a certain number of tenants to deal with. You know, yeah. they, they come to a point where it becomes too cumbersome. And then you need to be hiring loads of staff to do all your
1: stuff, don't yeah. you? And so it's like, well... We're very much on the, on, the, you know, how can you have your business passive? Mm. Um, and, you know, also reducing the number of properties you have um, is also one way of doing that. Yeah.
0: There, so there is a balance. That's that's one thing that I think some people have probably done due to Section 24. Yeah. Um, because having mortgages on property, if you're a 40% taxpayer, can be less lucrative than it used to be. And if you don't know about Section 24, look it up. It's it's a whole different thing that the government are taking money. Um, one way that some people have made their – they've kept their income the same but reduced their hassle and reduced their tax bill – is by selling certain properties and then paying off mortgages. So, they've got basically unencumbered mortgage-free properties. They have slightly less of them, but they're getting the same kind of cash flow as they were before. So, mm. at some point, it can be a point that it's actually – you can kind of sell off the, the least well-performing properties. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at your portfolio at a certain point, and you think, okay, well, would it give me the same cash flow to have slightly less properties but pay less tax?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you can just – tidy up your portfolio if you've got one kind of miles away that you don't really want anymore or one that's just not doing very well or one that only lets your dodgy tenants mm. you can sell it and tidy up <laughs> or you sell it and you buy another one you know that's a better
1: house mm. but
0: uh, anything else yeah, otherwise we'll have to start making up some questions <laughs> <laughs> what else do people ask us George?
1: Um, how long does it take to set up a limited company?
0: yeah okay that's a quickie go on then not long at all <laughs> It depends on how complicated you want to go. If you're just setting up a really basic kind of LTD, limited company between two people, you're not doing anything fancy with the shares. You're just doing it 50-50 and um, you just want to do it online. It's like 12, 13 pounds. I don't know exactly how much it is now. It might be 14. Um, but as I say, it's not a lot of money. You can do it in about half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, very simple. If you want to get a bit more complicated, if there's more than two of you, if you're setting up something called alphabet shares where different People have got different kind of ABC shares and you've got some people are um, get more income and some people get no income and some people are directors and some people are not.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would do that by an accountant personally yeah. because they know what they're doing um, and they can set it up appropriately because it's, it's a bit annoying to have to go back in later and tidy it up. That's mm-hmm. going to cost you more than setting it up correctly in the first place. Yeah. Um, so if you want to do anything, like if you're putting in kind of adult children but you don't want them to have... Uh, voting rights say uh, but you want them to be able to take income out of it you'll want to be doing that with yeah, an accountant do you don't accountant. want to do that online with the 12 unless
1: you're an accountant yourself in which case yeah. you can do it like and if and if, it's, if this is with some kind of jv
2: mm-hmm. investor yeah. that's
1: not related to you or well not not a member of your direct family then definitely have shareholders agreements because we've seen mm. so many jvs go bad um you yeah. know and quite often you know they're they're completely they're in like wedding bliss for 15 years nothing could ever mm. go wrong and then suddenly, for whatever reason, one of them starts being awkward, and then starts hiding money and things like that. and yeah, well, it goes it, so down. It comes bad. down
0: to when people have different opinions of what they should be doing with the company, and you yeah. know, it, it happens to the best of us. Mm. Um, so, if you've got kind of a, I mean, I think you have to have a shareholder agreement. But you, if you're doing a JV with somebody else, um, SPV or something, if you're buying property with somebody else, um, then you would want to have a shareholder agreement that you both understand and, and you write with the and somebody drafted draft up by a lawyer. Yeah. yeah um, so then you know basically what happens if one of you changes your mind or wants to sell, or one of you dies, for example, because that's generally not um, not even thought about, you know, because yeah. people die, mm. uh, and then what happens to the shares? Because the yeah. shares will go to the family, and then it's like you're in a company with your ex um, partners ex-wife or something you're like whoa mm. what you know yeah, so exactly. you, yeah, you want to have something in there or <laughs> some kind of insurance to sort that out so you'd want specialist advice if you're going to set up an ltd with somebody who's not just say your husband yeah
1: yeah basically yeah Ooh. um with the sas you can borrow 50 that's 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 correct so you can borrow 50 loan it loan it to yourself and then use that for before um, investing yeah
0: it's not a mortgage you're just um it's it's a loan it's just a loan. It's yeah. just a loan.
1: Um, um, oh, you're, you're welcome, Craig. Yeah, no problem. Yeah,
0: so where does that come conf-
1: from? Is there a way to find properties about to be repossessed? Well, no,
0: they were asking about mortgages. Right? You can take mortgages using your SAS. Yes, you
1: can. So, you... say
0: you're going to buy a property in your SAS, for example. Yes. The SAS can take a mortgage, I think. That's it's, right. Yeah, um, you can
1: do a mortgage. For 50%. Um, <laughs> oop, I mean, that's the, the w- <laughs> Shows you it's live. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, I, what I'd say is, you know, with, with kind of detailed SAS questions, um, you know, use your SaaS power team. Now, remember your power team um, because, you know, with SaaS, if you make a mistake, it can be very costly, very mm. costly in terms of tax. So, um, you know, always, you know, whenever you're thinking about doing, always be in, you know, communication with your SaaS I'm provider. I'm thinking
0: about doing this.
1: Check with them before you start mm. doing it. Make sure, you know, that they can, um, you know, hold your hand and stop you from making a mistake and fill it and get all the paperwork done correctly. Yeah. So le- lean on them. Um, and, you know, because not the other thing is not every commercial property would be accepted. So yeah. again, what you think is commercial might not be what they think is, is commercial and yeah. what they would allow. And some, sometimes a little bit of gray area between the different SaaS providers on what they're willing to accept. Um,
2: okay. So um, uh,
1: is there a way to find properties that are about to be repossessed? There, I mean, there are some websites that you can look at.
0: Well, the first thing that came into my mind was leafleting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you,
2: you can I mean, because th- these are
0: people who, perhaps they're in trouble with their mortgage company. Mm. Um, if you were to say if you had a particular patch you were interested in if you leafleted everybody and say we buy houses fast blah 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 blah, blah. we don't do it ourselves but that is a way that you could potentially reach people who are thinking about selling and they're in yeah. trouble um i don't know if there are registers
1: places yeah. i mean some sometimes you might you might find some of the estate agent where they're like oh i need to sell it in a, in a week we we mm. know somebody that's buying a house at the moment where that's their situation yeah they
0: had to sell it within um, a week not complete within a week but just, find a buyer within yeah a week. within a week
1: so they you know sometimes there are some people out there that are mm-hmm. motivated um, yes to sell but
0: i mean generally you'd find that out through the agent by having a bit of a chat with them they're yeah. obviously not going to tell you everything about a vendor um but you can certainly by being charming find out a reasonable amount about why somebody is selling yeah. um, and then obviously how motivated they'll be and how mm. um flexible i guess they'd be on the price mm. because those are obviously the people you want to be dealing with. you don't want to be taking advantage of people so no. we never advocate that but if somebody is in a situation where they're going to lose their house obviously them taking a slight hit on the price is preferable to them to so losing, losing everything it. yeah exactly so, then, so then you can make them. a win-win can't you you're yeah. helping them out yeah you're going in and you're rescuing them and they're getting oh, at yeah. least some of their money back out of the deal rather than losing everything
1: yeah I mean never never think about screwing someone over that's that's not no that's not good don't do that no but um, you can
2: help people you can
1: help people yeah um, how do you see house prices over the next one to five years what they- <laughs> let me
2: get Ooh, my crystal, crystal ball, ball.
1: Yeah. yeah let me get my magic eight ball there uh, and what would be the main factors affecting that and what do you see the pitfalls I can, I can answer this one I've okay go on whole. so um, if you just look up the last 50 years of house prices you look at the house price index on that registry you will see it just looks like this it's mm. just a uh, you know just an increasing graph and and if you if you then looked at the um the average wages you can see it's kind of flatter so yeah. basically the gap between um, wages and house prices just gets bigger and bigger and bigger every year mm. and it also then pushes up the average age in which somebody can afford to buy a house yes yeah. so, you know so originally it might have been twenties and thirties, and now it's forties. Before you know, I can just see it in our lifetime where, you, where the average age to buy a house would be like sixty or sixty-five. And lots of people just it.
0: well, they won't buy them, yeah. because they can't. Um, yeah. That's a whole different conversation.
1: Um, but and on this chart, if you then look, there's two tiny, tiny dips where the market dropped a massive, whopping twenty percent, and those are the two, the two crashes. Mm. And when you look at it, you just think, I uh, is where's the crash? Is there, there, it, oh, is. there it is. Yeah. It's tiny. So if you're holding for the long term. So I'm talking about at least 10 years. Yeah. Then, you know, we don't care about that because we know based on the long term trend, they're just going to keep going up.
0: It is going to crash. Don't know yeah. when.
1: Yeah. But uh, when they do, they're on sale.
0: Exactly. Buy loads. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's only a problem if you're kind of about to refinance it. Yes. If If you're flipping, it's a mm. problem because if you're buying and you're expecting a certain price that you'll be able to sell it at, That can be a problem. You might end up having to hold. So, one of your exits when you're flipping should always be can I hold it? Yeah. If there is a recession and house prices tank completely. Um, Or, I can't remember what I was going to say now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is the second live we've done today. I know a oh
0: brain um or yeah or if you're holding for the long term it doesn't really matter yeah, yeah so if, if you're refinancing it can be a bit of a bummer because if you think okay i was about to remortgage and take 50 grand out of that and i can't because the house prices yeah. have just tanked and that has happened yeah. um a lot of um houses have been devalued the last mm-hmm. year or so because they're, they're guessing too aren't mm-hmm. they the, yeah. the mortgage surveyors who are doing things for mortgages they're baking in a certain amount of uncertainty because people just don't really know yeah Uh, What is going to happen with them? So, So, all I
1: can say is buy for cash flow. mm -hmm. Make sure your cash flow numbers work out. Hold for the long term. Yep. Then you've got no problems. Yeah. You know, because if... If I'm getting really decent cash flow and the market tanks, I'm still getting really decent cash flow. Exactly. No you don't worry
0: about it and then you just buy more because I want
1: to sell. Uh, We've got LLP, of them now. Uh, so using an LLP for a portfolio depends on your tax situation and the property strategy you're doing. Yeah. So, for example, there are tax advantages from holding commercial property in an LLP mm-hmm. because of the capital allowances that you can oh. use and, and have sideways relief against your personal but income.
0: Generally, people buying residential property would buy in an LTD.
1: But, yes, if you're buying, say, buy-to-let, a nice basic one, then – um, putting them in a, an LTD company is better for tax purposes because you went. Um, pay section section 24
0: would still be payable if you were buying a residential property through an LLP because it's just a wrapper for you whereas an LTD is a separate entity so it doesn't get taxed the same way so Um,
2: uh, we've got loads of questions
0: questions now Uh, question about limited company would you recommend buying houses in a limited company or an LLP if you wanted to live off the rental income yeah we say resi in an LTD because of section 24 generally unless you're buying two but then you wouldn't be able to probably live off the rental income unless they're in London
2: so Um, Uh,
0: another question from Craig thank you if we were starting a property journey again what would you have done differently as I know you started in residential to move commercial later you yes. need to read our book that's the last <laughs> chapter um,
1: uh, yeah so I would I would um, basically do buy, if we were kind of starting again buy refurbish refinance um as we were building it and yep. then later moving to commercial
0: and use other people's money as early as use, you can yeah
1: use other people's money um definitely start
0: off with your own cash as soon as you've got any kind of a track record as soon just, you've
1: got one you yeah so you've can got one borrow money to scale
0: as fast as you can as early exactly. as you can
1: exactly but obviously between your own
2: risk preference and yeah. age and so on there you go so
0: that's, that's um, like everything in one question yeah uh what would you say if you might want to sell in the future would it be tax efficient to buy for a brr Portfolio. I mean, capital gains tax is always a, an issue.
1: If, Unless it's in a limited company.
0: Yeah, if it's a limited income. company, it stays in a company. If you're adding new directors, mm. then you're not going to have to sell them. They just pass it to the new directors. If you're buying things personally, um, you know, either you're going to die and then you've got yeah. IHT to deal with, or you're going to sell and you're going to have capital gain tax. Mm-hmm. I would speak to a tax advisor personally yeah, um, yeah. because they can obviously look at your situation and tell you what yes. is most sensible. Some of ours we've owned for a long time and the capital gains tax bill is pretty nasty, so we're just kind of keeping them. Mm. Um, so, But you have to weigh that up and, and know what the tax is. They're, they're talking about doing some funny things with capital gains tax, but we don't really know what they're doing, do we? That,
1: we'll wait we yeah, we you know, we and see it, what yeah, they're going to see
0: do. What um, da, da, would it be tax efficient to buy for a BRRR? Yeah, I mean, trying to buy refurbished refinance um, is, is always a good thing because you're baking in cash flow. And mm. then if you have to sell it and you take a tax hit, then at least you've made some more money, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, How can I find professional people who are already or willing to run a campaign to find us a BMV property for us? Um, in Lopra? I look on Facebook. Yeah.
2: So
1: are you just after a source? Of just Dev? after a source, from Dev um, yeah. So if you're just after a source, of, there are loads of sources out there. Um,
0: they're variable. They're
1: vari- variable in quality, but I'm sure if you posted – uh, looking for a property in Loughborough, any sources out there, you just get...
0: Inundated.
1: <laughs> the flood of people contacting
0: in a, you. <laughs> if you. if you're trying to be a bit smarter about it, I'd probably go to some property meets in that area.
1: Yeah, you, yeah, you so can say that, say... You
0: know. I mean, obviously, at the moment, everything's virtual, but you, you could go to a virtual PIN mm. meeting, say, or an air, you know, in that area, and then just do some networking, say, hey, I'm looking for a source in an area. Then you can actually have a conversation with them, because yeah. a lot of sources will go to property meetings because they're yeah. looking to meet guys like you who mm. want to do it remotely.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and then at least you can see who's an idiot or speaking to people who've used sources in that yes. area and are happy
1: with yeah. them. I mean, in an ideal world, you would be asking your friends... Who are in property, uh, who, who you know well? Yeah. Um, whether they've used a particular sourcer in that
2: area? Yeah. That's
0: your best remember. case scenario, but then, then you just have to. Option. Yeah. Do the best that you can. And yeah. obviously, if, if I was going to use a saucer right by one, go all the way through, make sure see what happens. <laughs> it does stack the yeah. way they say. I mean, obviously you've got to do your numbers. Yes. It's not that And you've got to see it. You've got to see it
1: with your own eyes. And you've
0: touch, got to make sure that it stacks, it works, it lets
1: And it's still standing. <laughs> and
0: it's still standing, yeah. So if it all works perfectly, then do it again. I'd never like buy four houses for a saucer straight off. Hmm. Um just because you'd want to test them with one, yeah. wouldn't you? That's exactly. what I would say. What are they we, like? Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know.
1: Uh, what, uh, Luke says, "Very thanks, very informative, well done on the crystal ball.
0: <laughs> is there <laughs> a welcome. criteria to keep and which rent to buy? Oh, Yes, can do that I can
1: do that one. So um, so rent to buy is a great strategy. We've got rent to buys and we've got buy to let and we've got commercial. Um, and um, there, 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 there is a turning point. It basically just comes down to the, the net cash flow. Mm. Um, that when the properties are, are really cheap, if something goes wrong, it can, be, it can cost you a lot more um, to fix these, all the maintenance yeah. over the year versus the rent they're receiving. So, mm. for example, if you've got a tiny, tiny little property that's like £40,000 that you bought it for, the amount of rent you get on it, let's say it's only like £150 a month, yeah. then you have one boiler go, that's £3,000. Yeah. You've just wiped out, like, two you know, years worth two of years profit. of rent. Um, mm. A fence falls over in the winter, you know. That's another really two-months' two really rent. Yeah. Two-months' rent, gone. Um So before you know it, you find out – I mean, I know that there was a um, there was a landlord in the north, and he had 50 small properties, for okay. these cheap ones, and he was absolutely bleeding money every mm. single month. He wasn't making money. He was bleeding no. money due to maintenance. He was just crippled by maintenance. That yeah. When one thing – because – You know, if I'm getting like, you know, a thousand a month or something, one of my properties in the south and they're getting, you know, um, 150 150 a month in the north and a boiler goes, I can pay off that boiler really fast. It's just a couple of months. Um, For them, it's years. So So, there is a tipping point, basically.
0: So it's kind of 100, 150, we've yeah. heard so, so before. Yeah,
1: somewhere around 100, 150, where you feel that you could stomach um, maintenance that, that's costs. That's
0: £1, £1,000, £100,000 to £150,000. £1, to pounds
1: to, to buy to, uh, a yeah. valuation of the property. But as I said, it really depends. It really comes down to the rent. Yeah. You know, what is the net cash flow on that mm-hmm. property? Is it enough? Is there enough cushion to be able to afford to change a boiler? Yeah. Fixer fence has fallen down. And so, so on. if
0: it's a cheaper property, rent to buy because they're maintaining option? it. Yes. If it's more expensive property and the cash flow is higher, plus generally you're probably going to have a better capital appreciation. You would yes. hope as yeah. well. So, those are the properties more expensive ones. You you'd be keeping them. they would be kind yeah. of higher end properties that you'd want to retain for the long term cash. Yeah. flow and capital appreciation so little properties you can flip on rents buy quite quickly but you obviously then need to buy them oh, to replace them the again. ones that they're exactly. selling exactly. i mean they're, they're both good strategies and i think having a mixture hmm. is a good plan yeah because at least then you you've got some of each and yeah. if the capital prices go amazing you're thinking oh my god i've got these lets, and you're yeah. like oh not quite so happy about the rent to buys yeah. but if it goes the other way then you're covered that way too exactly
2: exactly
0: i think that's it is that it i think Ooh, that's it but so cool. well, we've gone over time anyway Ooh, it's 37 okay. minutes all right cool well we'll um that was a bit of a short fight it was fun yeah. though i enjoyed yeah. that we'll yeah. definitely do it again so
1: th- thanks to everyone for, for all your questions over mm-hmm. there um cool. that's been that's been really great but if
0: you want to ask any more questions you can put them in the comments on George. george will be on there yeah answering your little <laughs> questions and we'll probably do this again in about a month yeah something like that yeah should we say we're going to do it again in a month and then we'll have to do it <laughs> okay <laughs> All right, guys, we'll we'll sign off and we will uh, see you soon. See
2: you all. bye. Bye.